What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Hello. To another episode of Hollywood Tales with our awesome in-house guest, Mac Lawson, mm-hmm. who we just met today for the first time. Yep, that's me. But I feel like I know you from Instagram because I... <laughs> Like you, you know when you're like watching Instagram and people like you just you're like in you're in like in people's lives. You're like I know them. Mm-hmm. That's why I feel like people can get up. That, that's why I asked you to be on the podcast. Yeah, a lo- so like, I think that happens a lot with my Instagram followers because I'm a pretty open and transparent person. Yeah, and, uh, so. and that's cool about you. And we'll, we'll, you. we're going to get into all that. But um, if you've ever been here before, this is called Jam in the Van. It's in West Hollywood, three three eight four Motor Avenue. It's connected right next to a mosque. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know that. Free Muslims out there. That it's a really, out. really cool uh, venue here. Yeah. It's one of the coolest I've seen. Multiplex, outdoor venue, indoor in- environment, podcast studio, green room with a full bar and roll your own joint uh, station and video games. I literally was up there. I was like, did I already make it? <laughs> <laughs> I can roll my own joint for free. Everybody's <laughs> performed here. Jeff Ross, <laughs> Bill Burr, Tiffany Haddish. Amazing. Eliza Schlesinger, me, Ahmed Ahmed, the list goes on and on. Not me. You will. I will. You will. You're, you're on the podcast, so we, here's the <laughs> it's a like good start. This time. <laughs> uh, shout out to all the, uh, just the owners and the staff here, Jake Kotler and Jake Trainer and Dave Bell and Wolf Romero is our awesome producer over here and um, Jack Higgins. So jamminthevan.com, just go to that website and everything <laughs> will trickle around it, our Hollywood uh, Tales podcast is on their YouTube channel. It's on our own YouTube channel. Go to Apple, Spotify, blah, blah, blah. Let's <laughs> get back to you. <laughs> Love attention. So you have an OnlyFans page. Yeah, I do have an OnlyFans. Great way to start it. Um, I, I, I haven't, I, I don't, I'm not on it and I don't know what you do on it, but like, are you, like, are you using comedy to channel your fans or so, a little um, bit of both like the sexuality aspect yeah so basically only fans reach out to me as they a reached comedian. out to you yeah through an agency fuck i wish um, i had only fans reach out to me <laughs> I, I need an only fan i have only a one only fan <laughs> i've got i've got like thirty thousand subscribers uh, but basically, they and, were looking. And who, how can they find you on ins, on uh, Holy OnlyFans? OnlyFans, it's the same as my Instagram. So it's OnlyFans slash Big Mac Lawson or slash Mac Lawson. I have two of them. Um, but they actually needed creators who wouldn't do nudity because they were trying to change the platform mm. or the like the basis of OnlyFans. They wanted to be. This more is recently. Based. Yeah, this was last year. Right. Um, so at first, I was a little hesitant. Um, You're like, I really wanted to show myself. <laughs> But I figured my jokes will do the trick. Yeah. No, I was like, I don't know if my jokes will do the trick. Um, who, who, I guess they, did they track your audience? Like who found, how did they find you? It was an agency. So during COVID, I was doing a lot of work because you couldn't do anything else. Right. So I had reached out to a lot of different like agencies and they, um, the agency was looking for girls for OnlyFans. So they reached out to me through that. Uh, but I don't do any nudity on there, any full nudity. But eventually I did start doing like lingerie stuff and stuff like that because I just realized how easy it was to make money. And my my subscribers seem to be fine with it. I'm very open about the fact that I don't do any nudity. I would say that most of us here are here in the room or in watching or probably. <laughs> They're still into it. I mean, it's still stuff that you can't see on my Instagram, but it's nothing that like I wouldn't. That's the one thing that female comics can get away with that male comics can't. Uh-huh. A female comic, if you're hot, uh-huh. or you think you're hot, or you uh-huh. know you're hot, <laughs> you, can, you can use that 
to to get more leverage. Yes. If you're a comic, yes, typically that doesn't translate. Yeah, even, even if you're hot, like mm-hmm. I know a couple of comics out there that are like, I don't want to call them hot, but mm-hmm. I would say they're like good looking. Mm-hmm. Um, am I attracted to them? Like sexually, no, mm-hmm. but but. You know, are they garnering the audience? I don't know. I'm not really tracking them, but like, it doesn't translate. Like, women aren't going for like, like I, Matt. You know Matt Reif? Yes, they do. Hot. Very hot. I'm not even. I don't. Him. I think I've only met him once, and he's I was just like, hot. wow. He, yeah, he's, he's, he's perfect. Fucking <laughs> yeah, beautiful facial. Mm-hmm. Like, prettier everything. than I am by by a like, lot. A couple times, you know, I jumped out. And I was like, oh my, you know. <laughs> Well, I think it's, um, oh, you sorry. know, yeah. no, I'm sorry. Well, I was just gonna say, I think it's a double edged sword. Um, and I think, uh, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, but it's, it's kind of a double edged sword being a female comic, especially, you know, um, I don't want to call myself hot, but especially if people are attracted to you, it can be a double edged sword. It'll open a lot of doors for you, but then there's also, uh, can be some politics involved. And then you said there was a rapper that you psychologically were attracted to. Oh, Russ. Never heard of him. Yeah, he's. You know um, Am I that old? No, he's. He's I'm 51. Should I be keeping up on these like rappers and stuff or no? He's. Uh, he's not really like. He's not really. I don't want to say like the wrong thing, but he's not like in the rap like. He is in the rap community because the songs are really big, but he's like, uh, I don't want to say he's not memorable because I obviously remembered him, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get myself in so much trouble already yeah, on this we'll podcast. Add, we'll, we'll edit the, we'll edit <laughs> but the yeah, sound. But yeah, he's, he's um, no, you I mean you don't have to unless you want to, but he is just his mind. I'm, I'm very attracted to his mind and his lyrics and in his music. He's very um, kind of spiritual and very big into manifesting and he raps about that type of stuff. So I'm very attracted to him for that. So you you had and again going back I feel like I'm re-asking questions from a podcast yeah, you already fine. did yeah that's okay <laughs> but I've never even heard of the podcast what is it called can we talk it, now yeah it's something? called can I talk now can I talk now you should yeah. check it out like that's why I, you did a good job with it I was gonna do who, what's his name again uh, Nick Ballard is he a comic or no he just um, he just has a podcast he just has a podcast I think he just knows a lot of people and decided to start a podcast he, he's like me like he asks hard questions like I ask hard questions he asked me a lot of hard questions I actually wasn't expecting you to go full no but you were cool about it so I'm like all right she's perfect (laughs) for my podcast because I'm I'm not over here like hey tell me a dick joke yeah have you ever showed your panties in public like I'm not I don't that's you know wolf you know wolf wolf we gotta get you a camera (laughs) I swear to god bro see that little see that camera like stand that light stand I'm just saying just rig a GoPro right there and just get his reactions flip to his reactions because when he laughs or snickers or goes Mm -hmm. (laughs) that means you know that you gotta react like wolf he he sees everything well I think like the best podcast you kind of get to like see what's kind of going on like Joe Rogan does that sometimes too with his like guy um I don't watch Rogan. I don't watch Rogan, not a fan. I've only watched a couple of his. But I like the good ones, the ones about aliens and stuff like that. I'm pretty into. Tomato, tomato. Let's yeah. get back to you. <laughs> okay. So I'm just gonna dig into it. Yeah. And we that's have fine. we have how long do we have, Wolf? Thirty minutes. About thirty minutes. Okay. We try to keep it high and tight here at Hollywood yeah, yeah. Hollywood Tales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> you had a apparently you are a top Tier, 10 tier gymnast yeah i was um 
So I was a level 10. I'm um, sorry, level 10. I was level 10. So I said top 10 tier. I fucking made up some. That's pretty top tier. <laughs> um, <laughs> some sort of terminology. <laughs> she was the top 10 tier. Uh, <laughs> you were like, no, level 10. Level like, 10. Well, there's, so. Out of high school or like junior, like elementary school or out of like, out of the. I wasn't, I didn't even go to school. I was just homeschooled throughout. Beca- because your, because your gymnastic career could have taken off. I think my mom wanted it to take off more than I did. Um, I was actually always into film and creating funny skits and was obsessed with In Living Color since I was a child. That was one of my favorite shows. Yeah. Um, it's kind of weird. I was on In Living Color. Were you really? I got cut out. Oh, really? It happens. That's epic. That, That's I'll, really I'll, cool. I'll tell you that Hollywood tale later. Yeah. So basically, I was really into film and stuff from a really young age, um, but it was I was living in Virginia and... It didn't really seem like a realistic career choice at the time, so I kind of just like let it be drowned out. For you or for your parents? For my parents, I fully believed in myself, but it just kept getting um, shot down. And I know the feeling, bro. Yeah. So I did. Well, um, you just shoot down your dreams. <laughs> yeah. You go. Okay, thank you, master. It still happens, and I'm just like, okay, of just course. shut up. It happens until the day, like until you, you die. die. Yeah. yeah. So I um, basically. I was a level 10. Um, there is an elite level, which is kind of above me, which is the, the Olympic level. So and level. How, how old are you at this point? Um, I think I got to level 10 by the time I was like 16, 17. Oh, okay, wow. Um, then, you know, my family really fell apart. Um, it was always falling, hanging on by a thread, um, but it fell apart around the age that I was supposed to be going to college. So... So, if you don't mind me asking, mm-hmm. I'm going to interject. Yeah. When I listen to, when I listened to the podcast mm-hmm. earlier mm-hmm. with, sorry, what's his name again? Nick. Yeah, yeah. Nick. <laughs> you you kind of touched on that. Yeah. You didn't go into it. Do you feel like you want to go into I it? I can go into whatever, anything. I'm very open. So, y- your gymnastic career kind of fell apart, and then you were homeless for a minute and all yeah. that. But your parents didn't support you. Like, there was something happened, mm-hmm. something happened in the, in the household. They were never, um, you know, they're my parents and I love them. Um, they were never really good parents to me and I was the oldest. I mean, what, what, what do you mean when you say that? They kept a roof over my head. Um, but they weren't abusive, like they physically. Were. Um, it wasn't really like my physical. My dad used to hit me. It wasn't physical, but it was very psychological. Like, very, very. Sometimes I could be worse. Yeah. I get it. Okay. And I was homeschooled too, so I didn't have an outlet. So I wasn't really aware um, at how badly I was being treated until I kind of like around 1920 after I kind of got, you know, some stability underneath me. I I didn't really realize how bad the abuse was. Um, Around that time, I got diagnosed with um, PTSD from my childhood. Um, So once I started... Because of your parents. Yeah. So once I started speaking with a psychiatrist, then I realized why I felt so bad every day. Can I I be... I don't want to turn. You don't this have to say "can I" anything with me. Right. I'm very open. Yeah. I don't want to turn this into like a you know depressing o- Oprah Winfrey fucking <laughs> episode. It can get there real quick. No, because because I'm I'm from Egypt and my parents oh, cool. my parents came from like Egypt, mm-hmm. like the village. Mm-hmm. So you know, my dad when he disciplined me, it was like like it, bad. Yeah. You know, in America, you call that child abuse, right? Of course. Yeah. Or, or we call it uh, Chinese water torture. Mm-hmm. Like my dad used to do some. Fucked up stuff. Weird, fucked up. Probably shit. why you're a comedian. <laughs> well, there's more. Than that. <laughs> <laughs> Just trace the trauma. You can find. Yeah, the yeah. And yeah. I love my dad. I've made a movie about him, and yeah. you know, 
my dad is an anomaly. I don't like get mad at him and go back and crucify him for things that maybe he did in my past, but your childhood is kind of described by how you are um, raised and treated mm -hmm. and whether it's lovingly or mm -hmm. abusively. Mm -hmm. And there were times when my dad like would try to box me and shit. And I was like, I'm nine. Wow. And he said like had to box, box my dad when I was nine, but you wow. know, I, That's fucking, crazy. I fucking won. Yeah. <laughs> I won. Yeah. He tried to kick me one time and I grabbed his foot and he was like stumbling. I was like, wow. I was already sick. Plus I was like a senior in high school. I outgrew That's crazy. him wow. and he stumbled mm -hmm. and I was, I grabbed, I had his, I had his foot and he was like, and I go, that's never going to happen again. Once you kind of win. And I put his foot down. He looked at me and he was like, a part of him was like, how dare you do that to mm. your the, my father? Right. But then another part of him was like, now he's a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like kind of like. And that's when I got my dad's respect mm -hmm. and stand up to him. Mm -hmm. But your parents weren't physically abusive. They were more psychologically. Yeah, no, but I can still, I still have stories that maybe could relate to that. Um, but even so, um, I still have a difficulty maintaining a relationship with them. Um, I think um, without being too disrespectful to my parents on a podcast, I think that some people just get stuck in a certain type of mentality, and that's just who they are for their entire life. And they get stuck in their own childhood trauma or their yep. own... Um, childhood abuse both of them had very rough upbringings and you can either choose to succumb to that and become like <laughs> the people that you hate or um, grow out of it so I hope that I've grown out of it but it but was is, isn't it all about <clears throat> forgiveness at the end of the day yeah and you know I, I love Just them straight up forgiveness yeah and I love to them to the world right in general well and I and I love them both very much but um you know too much time with them and, and the abuse just continues so I can't really spend too much time with them even to this day so it's unfortunate, but makes for a good comedian. <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> on a lighter note. <laughs> on a lighter note. If you want to talk about my personal life, it just gets fucking depressing. So, hold on. So. <laughs> so, so, so let me ask you. So, you know, you disinfect from your parents. Right. You go homeless, technically, right? Living out of my living car, out of your car right. couch surfing. Right. In Miami or? No, or? it's actually in Virginia, Virginia Beach. Oh. Mm-hmm. Why there? Weren't you from Miami originally? Or? No, I'm from uh, Virginia originally, Virginia oh, okay. Beach. Yeah. I don't know that. Yeah, so just kind of hopping around, um, huge culture shock because I was homeschooled. So it was just a lot of really intense adjustment from the age 18 to probably the age of like 22. Just I didn't really know. It sounds kind of weird, but I didn't really know what the real world was like. So a lot of adjustments um, and evolving in a condensed amount of time that I made it. I got on antidepressants. That helped me a lot. Around like 1920, I got on antidepressants. I desperately needed them. And then um, things started to, I'm not on them anymore, but at the time I really needed them. What were them. you taking? Uh, I was taking Celexa. What the fuck is that? I don't know. This is like 10 what, years what, ago. What did it do for you? It's just, um, I think it's used for anxiety, depression. Um, and it was, it was for my PTSD. It helps Isn't me. that called Xanax? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they didn't give me Xanax. I would have gotten addicted if they'd given it to me then. Um, you, you said something interesting in, a, in the podcast mm -hmm. um, about how you weren't 
you were always kind of straight edge. Like you never bought into like the drug, like yeah. Uh, world well, I'm. I think I'm pretty self aware. Um, so at the Are time, you woke? I might. No, I'm not woke. I'm pretty <laughs> anti woke. Uh, <laughs> we could talk about that you, for a you, long time. You, you did actually reference a woke. Yeah. Reference in some way. I can't remember. I can't oh, remember. really? Yeah, you, you used the I word. said something woke. You said anti woke, probably. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'm on the fence with some of that stuff. But what did you say before? Oh, I'm pretty self aware. So at the time, you know, Woke. I knew that I was very depressed. And I knew that, at least in my early 20s, if I had experimented with any drugs at that time, I knew I would have become addicted. So I didn't. I didn't have my first alcoholic beverage, I think, till I was like 20. 20. Yeah. You said it on the thing. Mm -hmm. And you also talked about. Um, Let's go back to the homeless thing. Mm -hmm. So, like, you're living out of your car. Mm -hmm. And H how did you break out of all that? Well, for a while, I didn't even have a car. Um, a family friend, like, let me live with him and then helped me get a job where I bought a car from the job. It was like a thousand dollar Sebring. It was like a really shitty car, but it was a car. And then I ended up moving out of there because it was just like, I become a part of this family that I didn't even want to be a part of and it ended up in chaos and it's just hard you know people say that they'll take you in and they'll help you and um help you get on your feet but then there's all of these like attachments to them helping you does that make sense like yeah yeah like uh you owe me this yeah exactly what kind of yeah exactly so that's, I kind that's of that's a different podcast yeah uh. <laughs> so I ended up kind of just like hopping around <laughs> Until I finally got my first um, waitressing job. And then at that in, point. In I was, L.A. or Miami? No, I was still in Virginia at this time. Oh, Virginia Beach. Mm -hmm. Sorry. So Virginia then, Beach. Virginia Beach. Got it. Yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, Pharrell is from there. Pusha T is from there. Missy Elliott. Never never heard of them. Really? Oh, a lot of them. I'm joking. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, Missy really? Elliott's from Virginia Beach? Yeah. And mm -hmm. who else? Nelly? No, um, Pusha T, Pharrell. Never heard of that guy. Pharrell is yeah. pretty good. Uh -huh. Maybe, a lot I, of talent. maybe I, we need to do our podcast <laughs> from Virginia Beach. <laughs> you should. There's a lot of talent from there. Do you um, have siblings? Yeah, I have three little siblings. You're the oldest mm -hmm. of boys or girls? I have a little sister and then two little brothers. What do they do? They you don't have to say No, no, no. Um, I ask hard questions here on Hollywood Tales. Yeah, no, that's that's fine. That's good. <laughs> I like to give them a platform. My sister is, um, she got married, like, pretty young, started having kids right away. And then my little brothers, um, one of them is in school to be a psychiatrist, and then the other one is a political activist. So, when like, you, you pivot <laughs> into L.A., and then, like, you know, you get into comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, how was that pivot? Pivot. How did I get into it? Yeah, like, what was the how was the what was the transition like? So, I mean, I definitely don't want to um, be too depressing on your show, but I thought I got into comedy through a brain injury, and it was really weird because once I did stand up and for the first time, I had like an epiphany that that's kind of what I had always wanted to do my entire life. I just didn't really know what it was called. W what was the brain injury? Um, it like was it was domestic violence, yeah. So that's a different podcast. Yeah. So I'm like, you want to talk about my personal life? We could be here a while. That's a <laughs> Wolf. How much time do you have? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, how that got me into comedy is I was just 
dealing with so much that I would go on Instagram and as like a release, I would just kind of go on these rants and I would just kind of joke around and just kind of release all of the shit that I was going through in a comedic way, you know, and I'm actually really grateful for it because I don't think I would have naturally had the audacity to call myself a comedian because you have to be pretty um, confident, I think, to call yourself or pretty confident in your ability to be funny to call yourself a comedian. But because so many people told me to do it, finally I was just like, let me just try it. Yeah. And don't don't you feel like, and um, not to like... Yeah. You, you don't know, have to apologize to me for anything. You can just... No, because like comedy and let, let's just call it for what it is. Like, yeah. I would say 99.9% of stand-up comedy comes from tragedy. Yes. And, and, yeah. And people like telling like their sad yeah. tale or story, mm -hmm. but it was so painful and traumatic to them. The um, there's a there's something cathartic. Yes. About saying it to the world or to a small crowd or audience or big crowd or whatever mm -hmm. the fuck. Mm -hmm. And when people laugh, you go. It's like you get a piece of yourself back. Oh my god, they yeah. they, you know, they related. Like mm -hmm. they, they got me, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Exactly. And there's something real special about that. Mm -hmm. And so um thank you for sharing that cuz a lot mm -hmm. of people think like comics we're just up there slanging jokes. Yeah, or that we just love ourselves so much that we're like, "Oh, we're funny." It's, and no. No, a lot of us are yeah. like really like singing our, our stories <laughs> and our songs, right? That was a funny imitation you just did there. Yeah. <laughs> So fast forward, where where are we at? We we kind of like talked about your um, your progression into comedy. Into comedy, right? yeah. So that was like um, from so so from gymnastics uh -huh. to was there a transition between gymnastics to comedy, or did you go right into it? I tried. No, um, there was about like five or six years there where I was paying out of pocket for school, trying to get through school and then I had an college college I weren't you modeling and stuff too or? I was doing a little modeling here and there um it was kind of always something that I had in my back pocket um but I was a little bit too short so how tall are you I'm I'm like just barely five seven mm, so it's not gonna work out yeah it's not gonna work out plus I like to eat <laughs> I, <was just joking. laughs> I like to eat a lot you seem taller in person like oh the, really like, well in person and like well you're wearing heels and uh, yeah these shoes are pretty but like on, on, on Instagram you seem like a tall person oh, I seem tall that's yeah. good it means I'm, I guess I know how to take the pictures the right way <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly you know my angles but yeah I, I um, was trying to do all that and I actually ended up reading the book The Alchemist and I read it twice yeah that's they, they go to the pyramids yeah Right? And Doesn't yeah, exactly. Matter? Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. You wrote it. Egyptian. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm yeah. Egyptian. <laughs> we all know that world. Yeah, we know. We should put that on my little. He's Egyptian. You're welcome for the pyramids. <laughs> Just put that in your no, bio. But in the Alchemist, doesn't he go? Isn't his journey to go find his treasure at the pyramids? Yeah, and what he finds is that you know <coughs> the the journey was part of the treasure, or whatever. But right. The first chapter when I was reading it, I just kept remembering my childhood dream of moving to L.A. Mm. And I couldn't, after the first chapter, I just couldn't get it out of my head. And so I said, fuck it. I'm just going to go along with what the book says, and I'm going to follow after my treasure. Right. And um, it's a, it was a pretty cool story, my process to even get to L.A., because I didn't really have a lot of money. And, you know, I don't have the support of my parents financially, you know, in at all really and so at all and so it was really 
a cool process to see how many times the universe or whatever you want to call it stepped in on my behalf. And, um, yeah, that's a really amazing book. I feel like everybody should read it, especially if you have a dream at all. There's another book out there called, um, the artist, well, the, the secret I read. Yeah, the secret. And the one. artist, what's it called? Fuck. Ugh, I'm gonna fuck this up. I don't know it. I'm getting it's called the artist. Uh, artist journal, artist something. Anyway, mm-hmm. if you're an actor or a comic or whatever, just Google inspirational books and you'll find okay. it. Okay. <laughs> I'll have to read it. But what? yeah, I I basically like moved. I thought that I was gonna be like a director or something because. I think I for film or TV or comedy. I don't know. Like I just didn't have my self esteem was too low when I first moved out to LA to call myself an actor or model or I don't I didn't have the ability to to do that at the time. So I thought I just wanted to do something behind the camera, and that's why I say I'm so thankful for my brain injury because it really like pushed me to 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 try it. But it's just one of those things where like I've learned through you know, my life, all, all the kind of heavy things that I've been through that if you just stick through it long enough, the energy will flip and it'll come as blessing. Like even right now, um, I've been incredibly blessed the past year now that my brain injury symptoms have kind of subsided. Can I ask you what symptoms you had? I'm sorry. Yeah. I I mean, I want to go back. I want to be like, I'm a a forensic scientist. Okay. I just want to know like more about it. Yeah. yeah. As long as, as long as you're okay with it, I'm, I'm down to talk about anything. And by the way, we're, we're happy to edit out whatever you want. Yeah. This is not live. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We'll we'll edit or cut whatever you want. Well, I'm, I'm, um, it really open about it. I guess I just don't want to depress anybody who's who's watching it. But like I said, a lot of memory issues, um, you know, really, really bad depression, um, light sensitivity. Um, the most debilitating one was um, I would have deja vu all the time, like all the time. Like I have it, too. But I would have it. I've also had my ass kicked. Oh, really? It might be why. <laughs> Not by my boyfriend. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I got jumped once. Yeah. Like, I've been jumped. I, I once in my life. I well, that was jump. similar to my beating. Was yeah. similar to. I got jump. I got jumped by like five of. Uh, we'll talk about that on another podcast. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, and I had um, but the deja vu was like, hundred and fifty to two hundred times a day. Like I wouldn't be able to get through a full conversation without it happening, and it wasn't until just like seeing it in your head. Just like feeling like I had been here before when yeah, yeah, I yeah. knew I hadn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then sometimes I would feel like. I was dreaming for like hour or two long periods. Right. You're and like a time traveler. Yeah. Well, it was, was very scary. Really? Yeah. I, know, I know the feeling. Though. But it was really scary because I was aware of how strange it was. And I didn't realize that there was a correlation between the concussion I had just gotten and my symptoms until I peed on myself one day and had to go to the ER and then on yourself like accidentally or yeah i don't know if it was like the onset of like a seizure that was getting ready to happen um, during the day or at night during the day just like walking around walking my dog yeah and so then i went to the er pretty sure i've done that a couple times (laughs) wolf have you I'm like I'm a little young Wolf's to like, be I'm a little young to be peeing on myself. I've got at least like 30, 40 more years. So I'm like what triggered that? I'm not. I wasn't even drunk or anything. Um, I love yeah. Chris. He's I'm, hilarious. I'm, I'm trying to book Chris for a show, and he's like, he's like, he's like probably nervous. You asked some pretty hard hitting questions. Me? 
Yeah, imagine Chris. No, not for the podcast. I have a, oh. I have a, I have a show that I book in Huntington Beach that, that's outside uh, that everybody did last year during COVID. People were too harsh on and him. And I'm for trying to shit. get Chris. No, I'm trying to book him for it. Yeah. He, won't, he doesn't want to do it for some reason. But the owner asked me, "Can you get Chris D'Elia on it?" I'm yeah. Like, and she offered him like a lot of money. Interesting. Yeah. He, he, I think he's still shy about. But the, uh, they were too hard on him for that. And it's not just because I think he's funny or whatever. It's just like, what guys are not out here? The worst, the worst part about it was that he cheated on his girl. But yeah. what guys are not out here fucking young girls? I mean. Well, Dalia, the, the problem with him is that, and not problem. I love Chris. I've always, I defended Chris mm-hmm. for some reason. I did too. But. I know Chris. He used to be my neighbor. We used to live up, up in, like in the Hollywood Hills. He was my neighbor for a while. I, I lived with my with my friend Peter Billingsley, uh, in the guest house. And Dalia bought the house next door, Craig mm-hmm. Ferguson's old home. Really mm-hmm. nice, beautiful French mm-hmm. home. Must be nice. And we were cool for a second, and then he started like getting famous, and, and then he started like acting like different. Don't they all? He just started acting like he never met me. But like, he literally would walk by the uh, comedy store, and I'd be like, what's up? And he'd be like, I'm uh, like, bro, really? I hate when you're, people you're, do that. You're my neighbor. I hate when people do that. <laughs> he lives two doors down. And then he got popped for his whatever, pedophilia charge or whatever they were claiming. But they were all 18, 19. When I was 18, whatever. 19, I was flirting with older men on purpose. Some of them were younger and Maybe I'm allegedly, I'm not going to get into it, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but when he got like, when he got clobbered for that, you know, he kind of had to start from scratch. Yeah. Like this motherfucker had to get the rake out and start rake putting the fucking leaves together. His next Netflix special is going to be called Some Pain. <laughs> <laughs> Look. Every he jinxed himself with that Netflix special. Here, here's the problem with comedy, and we'll, we'll wrap it up with this. Where, where are we at with time? All right, we have hmm. 10 minutes cool. to wrap it up. Okay, cool. I, I still have ask. more questions. I have hard questions to ask you. Ask me the hard questions. Maybe you should come back and do like a second pod. I'm down. So let's do this. Let's get off the Leo for a second. Yeah. <laughs> you got to LA. You transitioned into like comedy. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're back and forth to but and from Miami. Yeah, I'm um I moved to Miami during the pandemic because I felt like I had exhausted all of my resources in LA at the time because everything was shut down. So I moved to Miami to make some money and doing um, what? Nightlife. So what I do bottle service. Um now I just do my OnlyFans. Um but but at the time I was doing When you're doing bottle yet. bottle service in Miami, what do you clock in a night? A thousand? About a thousand five hundred to a thousand a yeah. night. Yeah, it's yeah. really great. In like the nightclub doing bottle service. Yeah. And that's it. With just the with the flash have a drink with them. sparklers and all that. It's the best job ever. Are like, you th- are you the lead chick or are you part of the whole flashy like um, sparkler? I've club? been both. It depends. Um usually when you move to a new club <laughs> what <laughs> I'm just because uh, I, I know this scene oh so well. I'm just trying to figure it's out. It's so like, competitive what, and weird. What, like where where were you in the the tier? Yeah, I think I was pretty high in the tier. Like you were, you told the girls, "All right, girls, grab the bottle, get the sparklers, light them Some on of the clubs. three, yeah, and we're all going on three, one." Like you as were, if it's so serious. You're the quarterback. You're I've the, been the quarterback. I've <laughs> also been the new girl. So it's weird. It's like you ever go to like um, 
like a new like comedy club or something like that or there's like a new click and you have to like earn your stripes that's how it is with nightlife it's like when i moved to miami people kept trying to little bro me and i'm like you can't (laughs) little bro me i've done bottle service in tampa i've done it in san diego i've done it in la and anyway i just kind of got over it what like okay so you land in la Mm -hmm. the comedy scene is like that's what you want to do what's next for you and then let's wrap it up with your best hollywood tale right oh yeah okay cool i gotta think of a hollywood tale um well you have a thousand of them i have a thousand i gotta think of my favorite you told you i heard on the podcast oh sometimes you get asked up to people's houses you know Mm -hmm. celebrities like Mm -hmm. we want to hear your best one okay but before that what's next plug plug what yeah what's next for you but also like we we still didn't get a transition into your like LA thing. So like my like how in like five minutes, let's just cruise into like you get to LA, I get you start doing comedy, uh-huh. you're still multitasking OnlyFans and that mm-hmm. other world. You have a place in Miami. Mm-hmm. You're not really LA based, but you're back and forth. I think just kinda merge all that. Yeah, so I think minutes. right now where I am as a comic, um I still have some room to grow on stage so Miami is actually a really good place for that I'm able to get more stage time and I also get paid to go on stage there already Um, and I think something as a comedian is that you also these days have to maintain a social media presence so I'm kind of doing both what you um, do, brilliantly, brilliantly. Oh, thank you. No, and you're on social oh, media, you. girl. Thank you. I have. I'm not like when I watch <laughs> her shit. I'm like, God, I gotta catch up. Yeah. This <laughs> bitch is. Does she sleep? What? No, you, girl. You're like everywhere. I, I'm 51 years old. <laughs> I, I need. I need an assistant. Yeah, I've got an assistant now. Of course um, you do. And I have <laughs> more that I'm gonna be hiring. <laughs> I actually have. Can some, I work for you? I yeah, mean, of course. Jesus. I need. I need more help right now. I have someone that's going to be, um, he's actually a really good editor who's going to be editing and posting my stand-up. Um, and then I have a podcast, which is still in the works, that I have somebody who's going to be doing everything for my podcast as well. So a lot of that is going to be Miami-based for now. And then my goal is either to have an apartment here that I can Airbnb or just um, to, to maximize how much I can grow in Miami, and then I'll probably end up having to move back here. Or if any of you guys or girls out out there that aren't fucking creepy and shady, DM me. No, DM me on Instagram, and oh, or find you find you on OnlyFans. Wait, for me or? No, I'm just joking around. For a place to live? No, for you. Oh, oh yeah yeah yeah. Hit it. Tell them. What do you mean? OnlyFans Instagram. Oh yeah, my only everything is at Big Mac Lawson. So B I G M A C L A W S O N. But, you know, with my podcast, I don't know why I thought you might be leading into this. I'm, I'm trying to figure out a good podcast partner. That's why I haven't started one. Well, come in here. True. Do we have another Hollywood tale or is, is that a wrap? Do you have another Hollywood tale? Hollywood tale? Like a funny, like, funny, dark, kind of dark. I want to hear a dark Hollywood tale. Um, Not dark, but like somebody famous you had an interaction with that rubbed you off. Mm-hmm. There's so many. <laughs> There's so many. I mean, okay. 
How about one with Black China? I mean, that's obvious, right? She probably rubs rubs everybody wrong. In in one minute, can you wrap up a Hollywood tale? Let's go. Um, I was Black China's waitress. I feel like I've heard this story before. For like a birthday, for like a birthday party. I think it might even have been her birthday party. Why did I hear this before? I, I, Keep because going. she's. I think she has this experience with everybody. Oh my and I like God. went to I go ask I her if she. Like... Wolf, sorry. I uh, know it's okay. Wolf, did, did somebody come <laughs> up? Did did we have a guest that talked about this before? Oh my God, it sounds so familiar. I'm sorry, dude. No, it's okay. She wouldn't even acknowledge my existence. I was just like trying to refill her drink. (laughs) She must not be thirsty. And I like repeated myself like three times to her. And, but it's just like, how many times have I had that experience with somebody? I know the story. But then you meet people and they're like so nice. Chrissy Newton. Remember? No, not Chrissy. Waited on Black China? No, we had. Sorry, keep going. Let me. Let me. Let, I just want to. If you can finish the story, then I'll. They'll be like, oh, I can't. Com- no, I, I mean that's confirm. pretty much the story. I mean, if we're talking about like, um, it's just like a typical LA story. It's like you approach, and it's never like the A-listers, but right? What did, what, what did she do to you? She just wouldn't acknowledge my existence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was her waitress, and I'm like, how oh, am I supposed maybe, to refill your fucking drink? Oh, no, <laughs> you know what? Different. Uh, job title, but same um, person. Yeah. Well, and then I met. Um, well, now that it all comes like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I met Drew Barrymore. I was her bartender once, and she's nice, isn't she? Yeah, she. Not she remembered my name. It was like three or four months later. She remembered me and she's my a name. Nice girl. Yeah. So fucking LA, man. This place is a mess. That's why, I like, I'm like prolonging coming back. Because I have this nice apartment on the water in Miami, and I, like, wake up every day <laughs> peaceful, happy, you know. Nobody's trying to clout chase. Well, there are some, but. All right. So uh, just really quick, what's what's next for you? Like, where do you see yourself in five? You're, you're young. You're, like, early 30s. Mm-hmm. Where, where, where do you see yourself? Where do you um, see yourself landing in life? I am really interested right now. My my biggest comedy goal is I would love to recreate something like Living Color. Um, I think right now our country, society, whatever, is desperate for comedy like that again. Absolutely. So that's um, kind of a long-term goal of mine. Over the next couple of years, um, the main goal is obviously my social media presence and um, opening. I would just want to find somebody to open up for on tour. Like, I want to be an opener. It's, I think that's every, like, blossoming comics, like, goal is to be an opener for somebody. I have opened for a few people, but not, like, on tour. What about personally? In my personal life? Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, or should, should I call a therapist? Yeah. <laughs> we need to talk to somebody about this. I don't know what personal life is. I block it out, and then I turn it into content. Um, my personal life, you know, I think do I would you like. Do kids? Yeah, I want kids. You do? How many? I really just want one girl. Is that's, that sexist? No, that's selfish. No, nah, she's going to be spoiled. She's going to have a great life. You know, one kid, four kids, I don't really care. I just need to find a good husband first. Perfect. Well, go to jamwiththevan.com. Yeah. <laughs> go to jamwiththevan.com. Watch my whole podcast about my depressing life. Are we wrapping it up, uh, Wolf? Guys, Wolf Ramirez, you can't see him. He is, He's Spider-Man, he's Batman, he's everything behind the scenes. Directing, producing, editing, videographer, 
our wonderful guest, Thank you. Mac Lawson. Thank give you. it up. Do, uh, I was going to ask you, I forgot. Does, is Mac short for? McCown. McCown. Mm-hmm. That's your real name? Mm-hmm. So McCown Lawson? Lawson? Yeah. yeah. McCown Lawson. We call her Mac. Scottish. Yeah. Ah, for <laughs> fuck's sake. You're great. <laughs> ah, you're great. That's where I get my aggression from. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on our, our podcast. Um, we do this every week at a jam in the van. We bank a couple episodes a week. Uh, Jaminthevan.com. Jake Kotler, Dave Bell, Jake Trainer, the uh, venue manager, um, Jack Higgins, our creative director, and of course, Wolf Ramirez. Jaminthevan.com. Music, comedy, weed, Islam. Nice. Fucking. No, <laughs> oh, there's a mosque next door. <laughs> Thank you, dude. Thank Appreciate you. you. <laughs> Check us out. Thank you. That's our episode. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.